Welcome to the Forging Life Podcast. Forging Life is about all of us being molded every single day. We're heated up to the core, we're beaten, shaped, and on the other side stands the work of art that we've become. My name is Trey Ryder. I'm your host and daily success coach. On this podcast, we will talk about our journey in life and make it better one day at a time. We will also discuss and even have interviews about life, mindset, hardships, parenting, and so much more. So instead of me talking about it, let's get to it. All right, what's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Forging Life podcast. I am your host, Trey Ryder. And today I got a special guest with me. He is going to be speaking about his legacy letter and his mission to help spread to other fathers and help them create this legacy letter. And he will actually let you know a lot more about this. I was uh, fortunate enough to be able to speak with him prior to the recording and just a a great overall guy. And I fully support his mission and what he does. His name is Blake Brewer, and he's going to speak to us about this uh, legacy letter, but not before we get to know him personally. So welcome, Blake. What's up, Trey? How's it going, man? I'm so excited to be here. I've been looking forward to this uh, all week, and I'm really just excited about what you're doing with Forging Life and your mission for that. And uh, man, I'm just excited to be here. We were sitting there talking on social media, and both of us being fathers, we we definitely have that great bond together and understand what it's like having a bunch of little rascals running around the house. Hearing a little bit about your story I cannot wait to hear and actually dive in a lot deeper about what caused this mission. But first, tell us about yourself. You're a father, right? That's yeah. So I have an amazing, an amazing wife. Uh, Her name's Amanda. We've been married for about 10 years now. And I have a five-year-old daughter, a three-year-old son and a three-month-old son. And man, we are having a blast. Uh, I'm loving being their dad and wrestling and teaching and, and uh, uh, really learning how to be a better father and learning how to be their guiding voice uh, in their life the same way that uh, my dad was for me. Uh, and so that's, yeah, that's my life right now. We're over here in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. So with you being a father, being married, um, several little kids going on, what are some of the struggles you've, you've actually dealt with as a father? Well, I think early on, it was just taking on the identity of being a father, uh, you know, for most of my life, like what I've realized every American man, we've been trained to, uh, you know, for our job and our career. And, you know, my wife, she started talking about being a mom when she was in like, you know, as a little girl in high school and college, all of her friends talking about being a mom one day. Well, I didn't have those conversations. So then I become a dad and I'm like, oh, what, you know, I want to be a good dad for sure. And then it probably took me about a year before I was like, no, I'm a dad first. And then, you know, husband first, dad for, and then dad, and then my career. And so really my identity, uh, you know, coming first before my job helps, it's helped me be a better father. I completely relate to what you just said, being in the military. One of the things that I always did, it was, it was the mission first and it was almost like family was second for us. I was fortunate enough to have a wife that completely supported what I was doing at the time. But the problem was 
I wasn't always present when I was home. So by you linking that in and having that shift that you need to be there, you need to be that fatherly figure. Um, it took me numerous years to realize I wasn't putting on that husband hat when I got out of my car to walk into my house. And I wasn't putting on that father hat when my kids came running up to me. So I applaud you for, for recognizing that and stepping into that role. Um, Cause it, there's a big issue within the United States and across the world that uh, a lot of children have fatherless homes. These fatherless homes, these kids are a lot more likely to abuse drugs, alcohol, end up in jail. The statistics on kids is just staggering just because of not having the father within the home or a fatherly figure. Well, I, absolutely. I completely agree with you. And as for me, uh, you know, for you know many of us we rely on you know our fathers and, and since i had a good father uh it was looking back and and okay what did my father do with me and really listening to his um his voice you know his voice and we're going to talk more about this but his voice is still in my head even though my dad isn't physically here but my my dad is guiding me um and i kind of relying on that and trusting in that as i raise my own children um, and so, you know, just like anybody else, I have faced different situations and trials in my life and big decisions, some decisions that I've faced, uh, looking back, they weren't that big of a decision, but if I'd made, you know, they were kind of a fork in the road decision. If I'd made the wrong decision or a different decision, man, it really would have been life-changing, but my dad's voice was there, you know, guiding me helping me make that decision, you know, a big decision for me was when I was going to graduate college, when I was graduating college, I uh, got my accounting degree. And so I spent four and a half years uh, training to go be, uh, do business. And then I get to the end of college and um, I'm being recruited to go work on a college campus and to mentor college students. And I'm like, this is not what I was trained to do. And so I was going on these business interviews um, where I know that I would be making more money, have more financial security. This is what I thought I would be doing my whole life. But yet over here, I'm being asked to go mentor college students, be a spiritual leader, be a college minister. There's not as much prestige, not as much money, not as much security. But deep down in my gut, it was like, man, I feel like this is what God is calling me to do. And I kind of was uh, hesitant to go forward in it. Um, but as I took several months to make this decision, I felt my dad's voice saying, Blake, you've got to go do what you know God is calling you to do. And I had some insecurities and even some fears ab about that job. And my, I could just hear my dad saying, hey, if God is calling you to do this, like you're going to be okay. You just have to trust him and it's all going to work out. And you just got to go do the right thing. And I am so grateful that I made that decision um, and that I listened to my dad uh, because I ended up doing that job for 12 years. And it was unbelievable the amount of lives that my wife and I were able to impact and mentor. Uh, and I ended up getting to officiate weddings of people that we had mentored and lives changed. And um, so but I feel for dads now, like what you were saying, because it is so much harder now for a dad to get his voice into their child's life. And then it's so much harder for a child 
to hear their father's voice because there's so many distractions in the world right now. Half of the time, they just want to be supported and know that you're there and that they have a shoulder to lean on. Just like a, a wife or a husband, it's, it's about having that support. Oftentimes, when we put that hard mask on and uh, try to have the, the correct discipline and try to have them grow up in a way that we did not, ultimately that's not even tested. So I, I could go a lot more at that, but you know, what you said is uh, one, you talked about a fork in the road and the decision. It's very impactful in somebody's life to know that at any given moment, you have two decisions in life. And that's either to do something or to not do something or to choose a yes or no, or it just comes down to that one or the other. And whatever you choose will impact something. And we will get more into that. So obviously your father has passed away by you hearing your, your father and understanding and accepting what he is saying as to be true and guiding yourself and knowing you have been able to make a tremendous impact on the community and other people's lives. And that's exactly why I wanted you on this Forging Life podcast. If it's not too much, I'm sure that there's a story behind that that we can learn something about. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'll tell you the story because everything that it, that happened on May 23rd, 2003, which was um, definitely the worst day of my life. But that day um, is really when my mission began. And it all started with what my dad did for me and um, the tool that he used to uh, get his voice into my life. And I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for what he did. Uh, my family and I took a vacation to Hawaii. I was 19 years old. We had gone to Florida before and Colorado before, but this was like the pinnacle vacation. I had just come home from my freshman year of college. My sister was a senior in high school. My brother was a sophomore in high school. We even took my grandmother on the trip. And the first day that we were there, uh, we decided to go snorkeling. And we went to a place called uh, Hanuma Bay. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, if anyone's ever been there or heard of it, it's, it's beautiful. And the, as soon as we got there, uh, we went out into the water and we saw some beautiful fish. We saw a sea turtle and man, it was just awesome. And we came back in and to the shore and we, we laid down and I remember my mom was laying down on the beach. My sister was laying down. I laid down. I was kind of tired and my dad didn't sit down. And he just kind of looks at us and he's like, man, we're in Hawaii. I'm not laying down. I'm going back out there. And, uh, you know, my dad was a, a college athlete. Uh, he was drafted in the NFL uh, by the Falcons and he was actually Terry Bradshaw's tied in uh, at Louisiana tech and they were roommates. So I grew up with, you know, a lot of cool stories hearing about Terry Bradshaw. And I have a really cool picture of my dad and Terry Bradshaw and president Nixon in the oval office, their senior year, they got invited up. So my dad, the athlete that he was, was just like, I don't need a break. I'm going back out. And, uh, he started to go back out and I was sitting there laying on the beach thinking, man, I just want to be with my dad. And I ran and caught up to him and he said, oh, I just don't know what he said. He said, man, ah, look who decided to join me. And so we put our heads underneath the water and just started snorkeling and seeing all the beautiful fish. And we just kept going further and further out, Trey. And 
next thing I know, the waves have really picked up and the uh, now I know that we were in an area called Witch's Brew. And I put my head out of the water and I was like, where'd my dad go? And I was kind of nervous for myself that my dad wasn't there next to me anymore. And I see my dad uh, trying to get out of the water uh, on this rock. And I remember thinking, okay, well, that's good. You know, I have visual with my dad now, but why is he trying to get out of the water right there? Because the waves are just crashing against this rock. And sure enough, as he was about halfway out of the water, this wave comes and crashes against my dad and knocks him back down in the water. And so at this point, I can't see him because of the wave I, waves. And all I knew was, man, I'm exhausted. I've got to get out of the water. The only place to really to get out of the water was that rock. So I swam over um, by the grace of God. I was able to get out of the water on top of the rock. And I immediately looked down in the water, scanning it for my dad. And there he was. And uh, he was wait, er, uh, treading water. And he looked up at me. We made eye contact. And he just said, help. I need help. And my dad had this deep, booming voice. And I knew this was that he was in trouble because this was it was kind of a whimper and i turned around um, to face the beach where the lifeguards were and it was such a long ways off i had no idea if they could even see me but i just started waving my arms frantically and yelling for help and then i turned back down turned back around and there my dad my dad was still treading water and i just knew that i couldn't just stand there and, and do nothing and kind of made a split second decision to just jump in after my dad um, to do whatever I could do. So I jumped in the water and started swimming towards my dad. And when I got to my dad, he was floating underneath the water and he was already unconscious. And it was at that moment that I was just like, oh my gosh, this is for real. Like, I, I just couldn't believe what was happening. And so I knew that I had to try to get my dad to shore and I was started swimming with him. I was swimming with him. I was trying to do my best to keep his head out of the water, but I was struggling myself. There, there wasn't an easy place to get out of the water. The waves were big. And at that moment, uh, kind of a, a man appeared um, where that rock on that rock and he had been snorkeling nearby and he jumped in. He had heard me yelling for help. And he swam to us and he took over swimming with my dad, which allowed me to go to shore, which I think saved my life. And the, at that point, the lifeguards made it out to my dad. They put him on the surfboard. They brought him to shore right next to where I was. And they started doing CPR. And I will never forget just getting on a knee next to my dad and just praying and just really crying out to God, God, Will you save my dad's life? Will you save my dad's life? And I remember looking over at my dad and, you know, in the movies where like if they're doing CPR to someone in the water, just kind of gurgles out of their mouth and they open their eyes and they come to, and I was just knew that surely that was about to happen at, at any moment. Uh, my mom and sister were laying on the beach and they saw all the commotion. And so they ran down to where we were. They said, hey, that's the area that dad and Blake were in. As they got closer to us, they realized it was my dad on the ground. 
and I'll never forget my mom just running up to me and I just told her mom, I, it's not good. I don't think he's going to make it. Um, they loaded my dad in the ambulance. My mom went with him um, and they sped away to the hospital. My sister and I got into the rental car where we went to go pick up my grandmother and brother from the condo. And by the time we got there, they had our, my mom had already called my grandmother to tell her that the hospital had now announced that my dad was deceased. And my heart just shrunk. And we went to the hospital and I'll never forget just seeing my dad laying there in the hospital in his swimsuit. And it, it was, it made it more real, but it also at the same time, it just is so surreal. It's like, man, that it's like, surely he's going to wake up at any moment. Like that's not my dad, you know, he's not, he's not dead. Surely not. That afternoon we, after, after spending some time at the hospital, we went back to the condo and uh, me being the oldest, I had to start um, again, like, so we're in just total shocks, total disbelief, um, as you can imagine. And I had to start calling back um, to family and to my dad's work and our church and letting them know um, the bad news. And I ended up after making those phone calls going to the back bedroom and I remember just kind of sitting there on the bed and and just having this moment where I was still just in shock and disbelief and just kind of a conversation with God like like God what is going on here I was asking the questions of like God are you even real if you are real do you even care about me um and then I was also imagining like what life was about to be like without my dad. Um, I never thought at 19 years old, I was going to lose my dad, especially like that. Um, and it was at that moment that uh, my mom, unbeknownst to me, started going through my dad's uh, suitcase and his briefcase. And she found uh, something that my dad uh, was going to give to me on that trip. And she, I remember she walked um, into the doorway and said, hey, I just got this out of your dad's uh, briefcase. Um, it's something he's been working on for a couple months and he brought it on this trip to give it to you. And literally I had no idea what she was talking about. Um, I couldn't see her hand. I didn't know what was in her hand and my mind's racing and I just couldn't come up with any, even an idea of what this could be. And she uh, walked across the room to me and I could see that it was some papers and I still had no idea what it was. And she, I remember she, she put her hand out and said, um, your dad wrote you and your sister and brother a letter. He's been working on it for a couple months and he was going to give it to you on this trip. And even before Trey, even before I even read that letter, uh, I just had a sense of peace and I just know, knew that this was going to be something special and that um, my dad's words and his voice were going to be in that letter. And uh, I read the letter and it was basically a letter of love and it was a letter of encouragement, um, basically giving me some advice. Um, my dad didn't write the letter thinking that he was about to die. He wrote it to uh, his 19-year-old son, 18-year-old daughter, and 15-year-old son because he, they, he knew 
that we needed our father's voice in our life um, and we needed his guidance. And um, through the grace of God, he finished his letter before uh, he left this earth. Uh, and that letter is absolutely what got me not only through that time, uh, but even to this day, uh, my dad's voice is still guiding me because of that letter. So as you can imagine, uh, with a letter like that, um, man, not only am I so grateful, but now I'm, I've realized it, every person needs a letter like that from their dad. And that has put me on the mission that I'm on to help a million dads write a legacy letter like my dad did for me. So I have two questions for you. Bring it. After you got that letter, how did it change the course of your life? So going from questioning if there's a God, why you and the, the negative stacking to reading that and where did it change or how did it change the course of what you were doing? And the second question, where is that letter today? Yeah, so uh, I have the letter uh, over in the, in the closet and we have multiple copies of, of the letter um now but um he, he typed it actually it wasn't handwritten he typed it uh which most people would think that it would be handwritten but i'm actually grateful that he typed it because it makes it easier for me to read it um but you know during that time in my life i uh, you know i could have gone i i i as I was mourning and really for the next year, I was, I was, in, I was in mourning and there wasn't a day that I didn't think about my dad or miss, you know, miss my dad. And I could have easily, as I was experiencing so much pain, I could have done what so many people do when they experience pain as they try to drown it out with, you know, whatever it is, you know, it's different for everybody, alcohol or drugs or, you know, girls. And really I didn't do any of that stuff. Um, I actually grew and developed more as a person during that next year. Um, and I think because my perspective on life um, had just changed to more of like what I call an eternal perspective. And it just made me realize how short my time here on earth was. And so the, the, the time that I'm here on earth, it's going to go by quick. And I want to live for things that um, really matter. And I want to live. So for me as a Christian, I want to live for the things that um, matter to God. And that letter uh, just gave me a sense of peace, uh, uh, knowing that uh, I knew where my dad was. Um, and, and what I tell people is, man, my dad was in heaven. If, if, if he was even given the option by God uh, to come back to earth, my dad would say, heck no, I'll just stay right here and uh, wait on everybody else. Um, the last line of my dad's letter, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget any of the letter, but and said, uh, you might be uh, a minority here on earth for your faith, but I assure you that in heaven, you'll be in the majority. Love your dear old dad in Christ Jesus. Um, but there was things in that letter that, um, you know, my dad encouraged me to persevere. It was, he, he said that hard times were going to come. So I just almost, like, it was this expectation of like, yeah, there are going to be trials. There are going to be hard times. Like I knew that I was going to face hard times that yeah, I, knew, I mean, my dad in the letter was saying, hey, you're going to face hard time. 
and I knew that, uh, you know, if you live long enough, everyone's going to lose their parent, um, that you're going to have someone around you die. Uh, you're going to face other trials. And I knew that my dad would have absolutely hated it if I just gave up on life. Um, and so really to honor my dad's legacy, uh, I wanted to go, uh, you know, full on with life and, and do as much as I can in life to serve others and help others and, you know, whatever that might be. Your story, um, it's really hugging on my heart. Um, it's so impactful from just the, the words said to before you guys went out, you know, swimming that day to just the whole picturing of the whole scenario that was going on and what you were going through. Um, I actually have chills almost as if like he's here, you know, while you're sitting here speaking, but um, the, the letter that you got from him, one of the things that resonates with me as well, and it's not a legacy letter per se, but I ended up coming across a letter from my mom and my mom passed away what was it? It was nine days before my son was born, uh, my first son. And it, I knew I had to be strong for the rest of the family. Getting away from that aspect, I, I came across her letter. And in the letter, it, it's just, you know, random talking about the day. And one of the things she always said, she would call me her lo little soldier boy. And uh, so I always keep that. And the reason why I asked you where that letter was is because I keep her letter that I had. It, it's actually in my coaching notebook, the, the ones that um, I'll take my notes down for my clients. And um, so I still have that tucked in right there. So every time um, I'm going into business, it's, it's there in front of me. So <laughs> that's, that's awesome, man. And I think, you know, I keep hearing stories of people like this who have a letter uh, from their father or their mother and they hold, there's a reason that you hold on to that. There's a reason I'm holding on to my dad's letter. Um, and number one, if someone takes the time to write a letter, you know that there's, um, they spend some time and then put some thought into it. They're not just haphazardly saying something. And when I help dads write their legacy letter, they'll spend anywhere from a couple of weeks to a couple of months writing their letter. And so when they hand it to their children, you know, it has to carry some weight behind it. Um, but then anytime something is written down, like when your words are written down, like it, it, it makes it lasting. Uh, and so that's the, the power of, of writing um, your thoughts down on paper. And that's why, honestly, I believe every single father out there needs to write a letter, a legacy letter, like I'm talking about to their children. And, and it's not, uh, like, like I said, my dad was giving me that letter you know, he wasn't waiting until he died to give me the letter. He was going to give me the letter then because the sooner that I could read it, the sooner that I would get my dad's thoughts and get his voice into my life. Uh, and there's just so, so much power um, when a person has their father or their mother, but, you know, especially their father, when someone has their father's voice in their life, I say it like this, uh, if we were going to go uh, get on a sailboat um, and the wind was coming against us, you can actually still maneuver the sailboat to zigzag back and forth and you can still make it even when the wind is coming against us, but it would be so much easier if the wind was with you. And it's like that when someone has a father who is speaking into their life, 
they can still make it if they don't have a father like you it's but it's just a lot harder but if you have a father that is speaking truth into your life and telling you that he loves you and believes in you man someone can make it so much further so much faster hey i love everything you're saying uh, it's just it's very powerful and one of the questions I do have as well is, I know you haven't said it in the podcast, but in some of my notes that I had is there's a legacy letter challenge. Yeah. It, can you explain what that is? Well, I've, I've realized over the years that as I've inspired many fathers to go write a letter to their children, I'll check in, you know, how'd that, how'd that go? And most dads don't actually ever go write the letter. Um, and I think there's a lot of good reasons, you know, life happens, you get busy. It's kind of overwhelming to think like, how do I even start this letter? And so if I was going to get serious about actually helping dads write this letter, which I'm very serious. And it's like my passion in life to help dads write this letter. I'm going to have to create uh, a pathway that makes it easier for dads to not only write the letter and get it done, but to get what I call the, the good stuff. Like the things that every father needs to say, like every, you know, things that a child needs to hear from their father. But also, I believe that every father has a letter already inside them, already in their heart. And then this process that I've created, so it's an online course that you can go through. And then, you know, there's coaching calls with me. But I just basically help you pull that letter out of your heart to your mind and to a piece of paper. And at the end of it, you'll have a letter that you're absolutely proud of and that will last not only your children's life, but your children's children's life, like, like generations. I love it, man. Um, so for this challenge, is there a place that people can go to, to find more out about this or join the challenge that you have going on or, your, uh, your, uh, yeah. your course yeah. and coaching or. Yeah. So the place to go is legacylettertchallenge.com slash forging life. And I've got uh, a free download for all of your listeners and they can really see all of the, the aspects and the things that go into writing that letter with that download. So legacylettertchallenge.com slash forging life. And then you can also see the different packages. I do have a one-on-one -on -one package. I have a group coaching package. And then the, the most pop popular package is a self-guided package where dads can go through at their own pace but still have access to me because I have weekly office hours over Zoom. And man, I mean, like I said, my passion is not just to get dads signed up to write the letter. My passion is for dads to finish this letter um, and get it into the, to the hands of their children. So I do whatever I can to help a dad get it done and, any, and help them in any way that I can. That's, and I really appreciate everything you've been able to share with us, Blake. Um, before we jump off of here, is there any uh, burning things you would like to, to say or a question you wished I would have asked you during um, our time today? And nothing really comes to mind, but I just um, really believe in the power of a father and, the, and his voice. And so while our culture tells us that we're uh, not that important and we can easily believe that lie that we're, uh, you know, kind of the buffoon, how they, you know, put us on TV, you know, they show the, the beard guzzling buffoon dad and it erodes our confidence as a father, but that's absolutely not true. Our children absolutely need us. They need our voice, especially now in this information age where there's so much information, there's so many voices for our children to hear 
you know, they're on social media, they can go listen to any celebrity they, they want to, but our children, and they're confused. They're like, oh man, how do I live life? And who do I listen to? Um, and, but really through all that, they need their father's voice. And as a father, we can't just throw our hands up in the air and say, okay, I give up. No, it's, it's our job to, um, to step forward and say, man, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get my voice into my children's life. Cause I know they need it. And two more questions. Number one, what was the most impactful thing that your father told you throughout, you know, your guys' time together? What truly resonated with you or changed the course of your life? You know, the thing that I keep going back to and I already shared it with you was the last line of his letter. Uh, you might be in the minority here on earth for your, in, for your faith, but I assure you that in heaven you'll be in the majority. And so that's what I, I'm calling his legacy line. Uh, he didn't know it when he wrote it, that that was going to be this, you know, powerful line. I don't know. Maybe he did. I don't know. But now as I help dads write their letter, I say, okay, let's come up with your legacy line. Like what's that line? Maybe you already say it in life, but what's that one line? If you could sum up your letter, sum up your advice to your children. Hey, let's get that in the letter and let's make it, let's put it as the last sentence. This is going to be your legacy line. So it's kind of neat because dads will write their letter. And then if they meet another dad, who's written their legacy letters say hey what so what was your legacy line and it's pretty like you know it's pretty cool to hear some of the dads sharing their legacy line because everyone's different and everyone has some different advice you know depending on what maybe what their father told them or some things that they've learned in life and so it's, it's pretty neat so in my last question you is towards your children what would you say is the most impactful or that legacy um legacy uh it was you call it the legacy, legacy line to your kids well you know at this point i'm still maybe forming my legacy line for them um but you know i'm telling them the same stuff that my dad uh told me uh, one of the things that i'm really passionate about is it's okay to fail um and i really want my kids to know that it's okay to fail and, and really like you're going to fail i want you to fail and it's okay to come tell me about it. And um, here's here's what you do when you do fail. Like you, you own up to it and then you learn from it and then you move forward. Oh, Blake, I love it, man. It, I, I guess I would say uh, one of the things about my children pretty often is you're entitled to everything in this world and you're entitled to nothing. It's the, the action that you take to be entitled to something. You can't just go out there and take uh, something that's not yours if you haven't gone out and earned it so um so that's your legacy line it possibly but that's definitely <laughs> something that you know in general we all are entitled to everything that yeah. we can physically touch in this world yeah and it just comes down to how bad do we want it and how hard are we going to work on it and i say that because tonight is new year's eve and I could be doing a hundred other different things right now, but I'm sitting here speaking uh, to Blake, to you, um, because I fully back your mission. And it's about those times that we put forward our effort to move forward and help and impact other people than the standard person that would just be out doing a hundred other different things right now. And that's what breaks us from the mold of those that will not move forward and those that do. So, Blake, once again, I appreciate your time. 
all the information you gave to us. You guys, uh, the information for um, Blake's legacy letter and how you can sign up will be down in the show notes. So make sure you go down there and click on the, the show notes. Uh, look for his uh, website. It's going to be LegacyLetterChallenge.com slash Forging Life. And uh, make sure you click on it. Go sign up and let's all support. Maybe there's another dad. Um, do you work with mothers as well or is it just more more fathers? I'm more I'm focused on fathers, but there are some uh, mothers uh, like wives of the father who signed up like the dad was going through it and then she was taking the material too. But my but my lessons are very much geared towards the father. And that's because of just how the the shift of everything went on. So well, I was just curious in case I had some listeners that were wondering. So it's not that he doesn't back. Um, well, and definitely know, anyone, anyone can go get my free download, like the, yeah. you know, a mom or whoever, go get the free download. Cool. Thanks for your time, Blake. I really appreciate it. Um, as I always say, make the rest of your day the best of your day. You guys take care. If you didn't catch our previous episode, make sure to download it now. You can stay on top of all the new releases by subscribing to the Forging Life podcast. So make sure you do me a favor and share this out to someone else that could use a little more success in their life. You can also join the discussions now on Facebook by going to Trey Rider Coaching or head over to our website at forginglife.org.